And welcome, here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Thrilled that you are here today. Thrilled you're listening and supporting the show. I know you've got like 25 shows that you need to binge watch this week on Netflix. You've got about 30 movies you need to watch on Amazon Prime. So I appreciate that you're taking the time to listen to a pretty quick podcast episode today. Always awesome to welcome my friend, Matt Derry. I went to high school with Matt, and Matt studied sports at Syracuse, or like sports broadcasting. He was a sportscaster in Detroit. Now he's doing a lot of podcasts in the sports world. So whenever anything sort of sports-related comes up that I'm feeling I should talk about, it's always great to have Matt back on. That's my cat. He's uh, just leaving the studio. It's all, it sounds like a haunted house. It's always great to have my friend Matt back on the show. Really quick intro. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends. Head over to iTunes. Give it a review. I'm releasing content specifically for my subscribers. Also, I'm a musician. I just released a new song. I threw it up on my Patreon page just now. So visit patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn if you want to support the show directly. Also, sharing the show with your friends is really incredibly helpful as well. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Cohn. Also, Instagram at Eddie Cohn. You can find Matt on Twitter. He's not really an Instagram or Facebook guy. You can find Matt on Twitter at Derry, D-E-R-Y, and then Speaks, Derry Speaks. So yeah, I just, really quick intro, I just became intrigued by this new look of sports. No fans, fake noise, you know, it makes me realize how important fans are to the experience. And I'm a huge sports fan, but you know, there's, you, you can't replicate Lakers game seven at, at, at Boston Garden. You know, you need that energy. And I start to think to myself, you know, are we just going to become used to this? You know, are, are sports ever going to be the same? Will people feel comfortable going to public sporting events ever again? You know, it, you know people say this new normal. Is it normal or do we just sort of become lazy and just sort of get used to it and then we just don't want to put up a fight and then we just sort of give in and like, oh, this is good enough. See, all these new additions and changes, it feels like nobody really wants to question anything or put up a fight or say, God, this is kind of weird. Why are we doing that? And then I start to think to myself, do we just get so distracted so easily now? We, we just think about ourselves the world that we live in now feels more narcissistic than ever before because of social media. Do we just really not care as much and we just go back to our phone or go back to thinking about ourselves? It's, it's a strange, interesting world. And I wanted to talk to Matt about it specifically in relation to sports. And then I think to myself, is, is it okay that sports is political? Has it always been? And this is not about, I remember that Fox reporter saying something like um, to Kevin Durant and LeBron James, just shut up and dribble. Now, I, I want LeBron James to voice his opinion. He deserves it. He has a huge platform. He's a smart guy, talented guy, multi-billionaire. He gives back to his community. But then I start to think to myself, you know, is it okay to be political at their quote-unquote job on the court? Or should he just reserve it to Twitter or after, after the game? I, I don't know. But these are things that I ask myself. And I wanted to ask Matt about it as well. So it's a great talk about sports, our society, what's happening. 
And that's it. So as always, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. And thanks again, Matt, for taking the time to talk to me. So yeah, hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks again for supporting the show. I get anxious because um, I, I don't know how this is all gonna gonna uh, clear itself up. You know what I mean? What life? Yeah, life. Exactly. It's not until November fourth, my man. If, if if even that, if even then, you know. Well, that sort of troubles me because then uh, I, I get a little annoyed because I start to think: was was this whole thing all just? Uh, about politics. Oh, the uh, the pandemic? Well, yeah, uh, definitely. Well, I mean, I think it's real. I mean, I had friends that had this and Well, I I'm let me Dennis nearly died, you know, like Again, I I uh, I'm not doubting that there's not a a, a pandemic. I'm rather a virus. I think the the virus exists. Yeah. But but now the CDC comes out with some strange reports saying that uh, only six percent of the people that uh, I don't think that's real. I, I mean, I but, thought, but that's I, mean, I, I don't want to go right, down this right, rabbit hole. Right. Too. I don't want to wait. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because this is if if yeah. this wait if the CDC is saying right. something that people are now saying, oh, that's not real. Well, that well, that's no, no. that's the, the problem. Says the CDC says it, but then the CDC saying we didn't say that, but then then they're saying, <laughs> well, this was the message that was. Came from the from the White House. You're right. It's so stupid. You don't know what to believe. It's yeah. Crazy. So like crazy. I, I that's you know that's the point. You know, like I know we don't know what to. And and honestly, um, I, I want to talk more sports for sure because I you know um, yeah no problem. I but again I mean this is this is what's so strange about like. To me, this virus thing has really shown the uh, issues of social media, the world we live in, and and anybody can like have an opinion about something, and then I could find yeah. I could find any article that will defend my opinion, and then I'll just think that I'm right. I know that's so, true. It's very uh, true. So very true. Here's here's well, uh, sports wise. By the way, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. How long we uh, How long we going? I, you know. I, We'll keep it for under forty-five minutes. Hopefully, you know. Okay. I, I know you're busy, and 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 people are so yeah, no people are so ADD that uh, you know after thirty yeah. or forty-five minutes, they're like I want to move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I recorded a podcast about two weeks ago where I I I'm a huge sports fan, specifically the NBA, and and I was so uninterested in the NBA by this new look. I mean, it, it was like this strange, almost communist version of sports where there's no fans, the sounds are fake. Um, and then I started to think to myself, well, yesterday was actually the first game that I watched that I actually enjoyed, the, the Nuggets versus the um, the Jazz. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I started to think to myself, before we go down the poly, or or like, um, before... We go down one angle. I just thought about something. I'm wondering if the reason why I enjoyed that game was because Donovan Mitchell and I forgot the guy in the Nuggets, Jamal Murray. 
These guys don't whine like little babies every five seconds. The game actually, yeah, like, the, the fourth quarter had a flow where, like, LeBron James and Chris Paul complain and whine every second. So I was wondering if that had anything to do with it. I haven't watched a ton of it either because I, I just haven't been – I haven't gotten into it. And here in Detroit, it's just – I mean, the Pistons are coming back. It's going to take a while. But the NBA is not really top of mind. And as big an Indians fan as you know I am, I'm watching the Tribe. They only get 60 of those. But, yes, Murray and, and, and Mitchell, Eddie, are – they're ballers, man. They're playing their asses off. Yeah. And so is Luka and a few others. And the bubble – you know, while it, you're right, it's a weird feel, and the announcers are in in this glass <laughs> partition up up about halfway up the 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 lower bowl. It's definitely definitely strange, but no, Murray and Mitchell put on a great show, great show. How and much I think of the it? Miami Heat are good for the game too. They're fun to watch. How much of it though is is am I just off my rockers here when I say that um, it feels almost like the refs almost feel like they have to call a foul because if LeBron and Chris Paul and Doc Rivers, who's probably the biggest complainer of them all, I mean, they are literally on the refs every you're five. A, you're, you're not a Doc fan? No, I've never liked Doc Rivers. Really? No. He's he's a good man. I'll I'm, tell I'm, you a great Doc Rivers story. Well, I've liked him as a, as a human being. I think he's a great guy. As, yeah, a, as, a co- yeah. as a coach, I think he's overrated. I did pre and post for the Pistons on radio for 11 years. Okay. And I can count on one hand, the amount of guys that would come into the media room before a game, an hour and a half before a game or whatever, and grab a plate of, uh, and sit down with us. Just that Doc Rivers, when he was coaching the Magic, he one day, one game, he's like, this seat taken? I looked up, I go, huh? Like, most, these coaches grab their food if they even go to that food. You know, because they could get their own spread. If they, if they said to a one of the club, uh, one of the locker room attendants, go get me a hot dog, go get me some pizza, go get me a steak. They'd somehow find it for him. Doc went in and sat with us and just started chatting about nothing. Like, well, who, what's your name? I'm like, Matt. Well, yeah. what do you do? I do you think, stuff. now let me ask you. Great guy. Do Great you guy. think Doc is doing any of that with the media because he knows that he needs eventually something or a good perspective from you guys? Uh, I mean, why would he care what the Pistons postgame host had to say about him? You know, I yeah. thought it was, you're right. There's so many phonies. There's so many guys around the league. Um, you know, that you question, are they really for the cause? Are they really for Black Lives Matter? Are they really going to boycott games and actually do something when this, when this bubble run ends? I think a guy like Donovan Mitchell is going to go back to Salt Lake City. He's going to get out of the bubble and he's going to be like, wow, uh, life again. Hmm. Not that it's that bad in the bubble. Trust me, these guys are taken care of in a great hotels with all that stuff. But I do think he would be somebody that would – uh, March, he would make phone calls. He would do some some real stuff. I think there are plenty of guys. You're right that they'll go back to their mansions and 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 talk the talk and not really walk the walk. But no, I thought Doc, I think Doc's a genuine guy. Okay. I do, actually. Well, so. yeah. I just I was thinking part of the reason why I think I was enjoying the game yesterday was that just it wasn't the, the refs weren't stopping it. It just had this awesome flow where it was like a it was like a basketball game that I remember watching like in the 90s. It just it was refreshing to see let um, me let me ask let me interrupt you yeah the nba that you and i watched as kids when we were going to the richfield coliseum where right. the, the calves were the calves in the late 80s and early 90s 
you know, then you got to a point where that was good basketball. They were letting them play. Then the Pistons came aboard. Right. They started, and then the Knicks after them with Pat Riley and Anthony Mason and that group started to, to make it uh, tackle football almost, and they changed the rules back. Then they went to then, – then defense really was, was, uh, was the niche in the mid-2000s with the Pistons and Spurs. And now, I mean, Eddie, they're not playing any D. No. It's like one one fifteen, one ten. We head to the fourth. Like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Like Murray's dropping fifty. Then Mitchell's dropping fifty. You know, uh, but, uh, Jimmy Butler had forty the other night in a playoff game. But that Jimmy was Butler kind got of got to about twenty two or twenty three in our day. Uh, Mahorn with the Pistons or, or or Mason with an somebody would have put him on his ass. Yeah. But now that doesn't happen. Like, but you, that's, you I think guys. that's why I, I probably even subconsciously liked the game yesterday because the score was low. There was a, it was a game seven. They were actually playing defense. I, I think this whole bubble world, it, it, it's like it's not real. It's, it's strange. Like I'm watching the games, but how hard are they trying? I mean, Boston just obliterated Philadelphia. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's this strange because it's almost like if somebody wins this year, which obviously somebody is. How much are yeah. we? How much are we really going to admire that team? You know, well, it's it's difficult to do without any fans, like you said, without any fanfare. Reporters, most of them are not on site. A lot of them are zooming in. Yeah. The ones that are on site are really doing more of these behind-the-scenes pieces. You're not seeing sit-down interviews when when Jared Greenberg, who all of a sudden is this new hotness uh, sideline guy, is interviewing these players. He's six, seven, eight feet away, and there's a boom mic, you know, holding holding you know, a microphone to the guys. They're not even close to each other. There was something I used to enjoy about Greg Popovich and Craig Sager on TNT at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. When 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 Craig, Pop would put his arm around Craig and say, "What stupid question are you gonna ask me?" You know, <laughs> there was something personal. This is a very impersonal and impersonable situation. Well, yeah, that's of the social that, distancing and everything else. So you're right. It is. There is no life. I don't know how celebrated this title is going to be. Let's say LeBron does it and wins his. Uh, what did he win? Three in Miami and one in Cleveland, two. or two in Miami? Two. Two. Okay, so he would be winning his fourth. He'd been winning his third with a different team. Um, how celebrated is it going to be? You're right because he's not going into enemy territory. Like yeah. if the finals are the Lakers and Miami, oh my gosh, that would have been something else. Lakers and Boston, that would have been something else for the the hated Lakers to go back east. And go back into Boston, where the Celtics just just fans hate. Let me let me ask and you a none question. Of none of that's there. Let me ask you a question. Um, the ratings are down, and and watching this has made me realize how important fans are. Because again, the the sport to me just feels uh, lifeless. I I haven't watched baseball except for maybe thirty minutes, so I don't know if it has the same feel. But my question is, are people not watching it because? They don't care. Their priorities are somewhere else, or are they not watching it because it's become pretty political? And and I do applaud Adam Silver. He is to to bring this this thing back, and to allow the players to do what they want. I, I do commend him for that. But then I start to think to myself, and this is where I'm conflicted. Part of the reason why I've liked sports over the years is that it's a distraction, and and Correct. and and so, is it a distraction anymore? 
And then are people realizing, you know, without the fans, it's it's like um, watching a freaking wall. It, it just it, it's lifeless. No, there. No, I do think there's something to venues and you know the the wide shot of hmm. you know we're we're coming to you from Madison Square Garden high atop the garden and there's the wide shot and there's the people walking into the streets of Manhattan going in to see you know Knicks Heat Game Seven whatever it was back in the day uh, you know you're looking live at the Staples Center you know crowd starting to gather and you got that sense of this is a big game yeah are they big games in a gym? At Disney, you know, um, I also, I love Mike Breen. I think the Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson team is fine. I think they do a nice job. But Marv's not at the bubble. And Marv brings a big game sound and feel. Hmm. I watch college football now without, without Brent Musburger, and no offense to Chris Fowler, he ain't nothing close to Brent. When I watch college football... You know, there'll be a Saturday night game, and it was prime time, and it was, uh, you know, Purdue, uh, you know, maybe getting a shot to play a, a Big Ten game against Penn State. I don't care about those two teams, but Brent's on the call, you know, over the middle, you know, screaming, and you go, big game sound. How big a game sounding does it sound at a gym in Disney <laughs> with, with fake, with, with, with fake with fan zero Adidas on the call? Sorry, it just doesn't. So yeah. I think people are giving it a shot. But then they're going, eh, and they're kind of turning it off. There's a lot of good young players. You know, this Luka Doncic is unreal, Ed. He's unreal. Mitchell and Murray were tremendous. But if you walk down the streets of Detroit right now, down Woodward Avenue, which is the main drag here, Cleveland, our hometown, you walk down Euclid, you ask people who Jamal Murray is, they don't know who that is. Yeah. It, it, it hurts the ratings also that these big markets like Chicago, New York, I know LA's got two teams, but that are in it. But some of these teams don't have representation. So if it's Dallas and Denver, ask five people to name three players on each team. They can't do it. So I think that hurts. I think the NFL numbers are going to be just fine because people know, man, I can't wait to tune in to see Tom Brady in a Bucks uniform. Have you heard the um, the status with the NFL? Is it going to be the same thing? No fans. Because I just don't know. Uh, not every team. So like here in Detroit, the Lions, for the first two home games, no fans. But they're hoping by their third home game, which is in November, actually, because they've got a bunch on the road and then a bye week, uh, that they're going to have fans for that first game in November you know, when the Colts come to town. Other teams, like the Chiefs, I think are going to have about 20 to 25%. They're going to be putting tarps down. So if you're looking at that 50-yard line camera, uh, the wide shot, you're going to see a tarp uh, behind the other team's uh, bench if the other team's on the other side. Does that make sense? So it'll look weird and it'll sound weird. They're going to pipe in that crowd noise. They're going to try their best. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's 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 a difficult sell right now. And then you have all these people, too, that the NBA came back and instead of talking about the games right away and who's playing, they were confused. All right, so these first six, seven, eight games, what are these regular season games? Yeah. What are they? And then there was that little play-in game to get into the playoffs between Portland and I don't remember who it was. I don't um, let Memphis. Me, let me ask who you. On, who the hell's on Memphis? You know, like <laughs> yeah. you don't know. So I think it was a little confusing. If they would have come back and said playoffs are starting, first game right out of the gate is 
Lakers, and then whomever. I, I think people are a little bit confused. And then you throw in the political stuff. There are many folks out there that say, I don't want to see the Black Lives Matter t-shirts. I don't want to see Black Lives Matter on the, uh, on the court. I get why the NBA is doing it. I think they're doing a great job, and their voices are being heard, and it's helping. But there are, unfortunately, folks in, in society that say, I want my sports. I want nothing political about well, here's, it. Here's, so I'll, I'll, I'll stay out of it. Well, here's my, my stance, kind of. Um, I'm all for LeBron being political. I'm, I'm for all these players voicing their opinion um, on Twitter, after games, whenever, really. But the, I do somehow it does rub me in a strange, bizarre way, though, when um, I see the political stances or the mantras like on jerseys. On, somehow, when you're combining their job with politics, it does feel um, a little bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, if you were to walk into your, let, let's say you're right. Let's say you were a, a waiter at a, at a bar Completely. restaurant. Yes. And you walked into that restaurant and they said, you can wear whatever you want. Um, Mr. You know, busboy, waiter, whatever, waitress. And on the back of your shirt, it said, say her name or say his name yeah. or uh, Black Lives Matter or whatever. You're right. I think there might be some people that you work with that say, what, what's that? You know, or what, what statement are you trying to make? You know, we're going to try not to keep that. You know, it, it, it's a tough call because it's America and you want to have freedom of speech and you do have that and, and, and First Amendment and all that. But the NBA decided to really go all in and say, hey, players can put whatever they want on their backs of their jersey. So you're right. Sometimes even just identifying who the players are is difficult because at the top of their jersey it says, say her name, uh, maybe meaning, uh, or Breonna Taylor or whatever. And so you're going, well, wait a minute, who it, I know it says Breonna Taylor, but I can't recognize who that is. Is that Jimmy Butler? Is that um, uh, who, whomever? So it confuses. It's a, it's a lot. And it's not, you know, some sports are doing, you know, baseball is not really doing that. They did it at the beginning of the year. Um, but it's it's a cross section that I think has a lot of people upset, and other and others are all for it. And just, if, if half are upset, then you're going to lose half of the viewers, maybe. It's complicated, you know. I, I yeah. think. Um... You're right. I think that there are plenty of people, and you brought up a great point earlier, escape from all of that, escape from CNN and Fox News and whatever else, to throw on some sports, and then you, you turn the game on, and it's uh, taking a knee, it's Black Lives Matter shirts, it's on the court. Um, after the game, the players say, you know, whoever it is doing the, the post-game interview, uh, you know, Lisa, uh, Lisa Salters or, or, or uh, like I said, Greenberg or whomever, and they say, uh, Donovan, you just dropped 50 points. You know, what was that like today? And he says, first and foremost, it's all about Ahmaud Arbery. It's all about Brianna Taylor. It's all about George Floyd. That's what we're thinking about. We're not even talking about basketball. And that's where I think a lot of people go, wait, wait a minute. Just we're asking you about the game. You, you yeah. want to do all other stuff? Go for it. And we're obviously seeing that the NBA players are angry and they're upset. And, and many of them want to make see change in the country. But for the two and a half hours you're tuned into basketball and then you're asked about basketball after and all you're wanting to still talk about is, is, is that stuff, it does rub some people the wrong way. But if you're Donovan Mitchell, you're saying, 
here's my chance. I'm on one-on-one on television, on national TV. There's no one else on the court. Yeah. It's me and the sideline guy. I just dropped 50. Here's my chance. I'm going to get on, and everybody wants to know how I hit that shot. Everybody wants to know about that stop we got on the last possession. And I'm going to, you know, hijack this this thing and, 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 and talk about what I want to talk about. It's the same thing as when entertainers won awards and walked up to the stage at the VMAs or, oh, that's or a good at, example. The, at the Grammys and said, you know, uh, I want to thank, you know, they grabbed their award and they thanked everybody. But the first thing they said was, I got something I want to say about Trump or I want something to say I want to say about uh, this this uh, this message. Here's my here's something that I think about, and I had a guest on. I don't, and I don't mean to sound pessimistic here, but I don't think ultimately all of this stuff is going to create change. I, I think individually, it's 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 an individual self reflection where parents are changing kids, teachers are change, changing their students. Um, I don't think these these appearances on television. Um, I, I don't think they, they the, the amount of change is going to take individual work that in your community that ultimately, I think, creates change. Uh, I, I think it's a good look for the NBA. I think it certainly shows some compassion, and I, I obviously love that. But to create this change, societal change that we think that we're going to need, um, is, is going to cre- require a lot of work on the individual. It is. No, it is, and it starts with people. I think that one thing that LeBron and others are trying to tell people is the way to make change is on November 3rd to get out and vote. Um, They're not saying vote for Biden, although getting out and voting a lot of times does sound like that. That's interesting. Wait, that's a good point. You know, you... They are saying to go out and vote, but they aren't saying to go out and vote for for Biden. (laughs) Correct. But you know LeBron's huh. disdain for Trump, and mm-hmm. you know Trump's disdain for the NBA and its players. Right. They're not hiding that. You know, he goes on Twitter, whether you're a fan of his or not, and a follower of his or not, and says, you know, the NBA's a joke, the ratings are down, and it's all this political stuff. And then, then they ask LeBron uh, after a game, you know, president said this and that. He's like, he's not my president. And, and, and reports were that last week when the NBA decided to shut down for a couple days, because of this latest episode in Wisconsin, that LeBron called Obama and said, "Hey Barry, it's it's Bron here. What do I do? Like we we should we shut this down here yeah. at the bubble and all leave, hop on my private jet or CP3's private jet, and let's load this thing up with players. Do we head to DC and knock down doors? To me, yeah, a logical next step is somebody." whether it's LeBron because he's the face of the league or whomever, you know, Popovich is constantly, Steve Kerr, they are popping off all the time. on. They're killing Trump. Does somebody finally get in front of the president and we sit down and have a summit where it's LeBron, Popovich, Trump, uh, Steve Kerr, some of Trump's people, and sit in a room and and maybe the president, because he has a lot of power and a lot of people listen to him, could listen to these folks and, and be like, listen, you're not getting the message. Would that be real change? Would then hmm. him him getting at a press conference after, let's say, meeting with LeBron and those guys and saying, you know what? Man, I talked to these guys from the NBA and they're serious here. They're, man, there really is a police brutality problem. And 
I, I don't you know, know if that would be changed. You're bringing I don't up, know if that you, would make change or not, but, you're, but something. You're bringing up a great point. I think our culture has become so used to just like vomiting a comment on Twitter Ah, this, ah, that, I hate Trump, and Trump is do, doing this tweet, I hate the NBA, that it's like it's all fucking high school bullshit. And I right. actually, you know, I actually felt some hope as you were giving that story of LeBron and Pop meeting meeting Mr. Trump or, or the president and actually having a conversation and talking. I really actually think they would get something done, and I think Trump would get a little bit more perspective if, if that actually happened. Yeah, but it's not. No. You know? I think that he feels like he needs to get reelected. That's obviously what this is about now as we lead up to the election. If he switches over to the other side where it's very progressive, it's very liberal with LeBron and those guys, I guess he doesn't want to anger his base to where they're going, wait a minute, hmm. I'm down here in Southern Ohio and I'm, I'm Trump Pence 2020. Keep America great. Oh, the hell with you. I'll just vote for Biden. So he's yeah. like, whoa, whoa, I won't do that. No. So I think – But that's what's – Maybe it would be November 5th if he got reelected that he would have that meeting. But he ain't doing it until then because he doesn't want to anger his base. God, that's and what's so fucked NBA up. the NBA players though. are going, well, wait a minute. If we leave the bubble and really want to make change, I think the owners are, are reminding them, if you don't play, you don't get paid. So there's that. So <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of politics and and business at stake here before we get to, you know, quote, unquote, real change. Do I think the NBA players, heck... The WNBA players have been very powerful in their messaging. Well, and you, when, you, when does the messaging end and the actual actions uh, take place? Well, and you bring up another good point. And I, I think people are so concerned about their image, you know, and in Trump's case, getting reelected. And then you bring up the financials and the NBA is worried about their image and then what looks right. I think there was a lot of discussions about what we need to do to look right before we actually play. And then Trump is worried about, you know, his voting. And it, I think people are so worried about saying the wrong th wrong thing, saying the right thing. Everything's recorded. Cameras are out. Am I going to lose my job by saying the wrong thing? It, it's literally created a paralysis, and which is why I think these changes that we're talking about, you know, Donovan Mitchell can go on and talk about it afterwards, but that's not really going to make the change. The change is having these real open discussions with people that, that are in power, not just, you know, as, as much as I love Donovan Mitchell, I think LeBron James has the power to create. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, if he's the sports are back, Eddie, and it's so needed, but. LeBron's at the top. Whether he's still the best player or not, that's yeah. up for debate. Sure. Um, and whether they're going to win. But, okay, baseball's back. Who's the face of baseball? They don't have a face of baseball. The best baseball player is Mike Trout, but you can't watch him. He plays at 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast for a bad Angels team. Yeah. Name me three Angels outside of Trout. Pool host, Justin Upton. See, I could do it because I'm a baseball geek. But... Not many people know who was on the L.A. Angels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lindor. Francisco Lindor plays for our favorite team, the Indians. Dude's a stud, right? But no one – again, not a not a face that everybody recognizes. Uh, LeBron is that guy and and has that kind of power. And so the NBA is kind of leading the, the charge on this stuff. The NFL coming back, we'll see. And what are they going to do for the first game? Will they kneel? Will they even be out there for the anthem, all that stuff? Will that agitate the president? Will he tweet – it's the same cycle over and over again. Um, 
it's tough. It's tough to say if anything really is going to change or happen um, because, and, and I also think that, you know, in that meeting that if you had with LeBron and, and others and Trump, that you would hopefully have some uh, police officers and police chiefs in that meeting, and you would come to some sort of agreement on on how you would go about your business uh, at your job, whether it's the NBA players and what they're saying, whether it's the cops and how they're responding with guns and everything else. It's a, it's a lot. And uh, yeah, and the that's other why I think that's why I think there's some people not watching the NBA because they wanted it to be an escape, but it's turned into a lot of the things that they would they could just view on the news and they're like, all right, forget it. I I just want to see some sports and they're not getting that. Sometimes I also think to myself, and you've you've worked in the media for years. Um, sometimes I wonder if the world is as bad as the media is making it out to be. You know, it, the media is only showing and talking about the bad, and um, there's nobody out there giving any perspective. And I guess as an example, you know, COVID nineteen. Um, I'm I'm not. I guess if there was the nonstop coverage of numerous viruses over the last 20 years, um, the fear-mongering, the, the, the nonstop do this, do that, statistics, the running tabulation of death. If there was like videos every single day of people dying in car crashes, people would be freaked out to drive. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we are where we're at also because... People are so addicted to information. Correct. People are so addicted to looking at bad. The media is promulgating this nonstop because that's all they talk about. And then it's not like you just watch Dan Rather for a half an hour. You can literally go to social media. People are posting negative shit. Turn on the television. It's like all day. And then your phone is getting notifications and it's not relaxing you anymore. Your phone is not this sort of escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my point of all this is... Is, is is what's happening now because of everything that I've explained. And we are just nonstop 24-7 uh, addicts to info, uh, love, attention. We, we, we just can't stop watching negative news. I just, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's just a reflection of where we're at culturally. Well, you go back to your uh, original point there. Um, number one, negative always sells. So... I always used to tell people when I worked on the Detroit Lions post-game shows doing the sports updates and the scoreboard shows going back to 1996. And it was always that old adage, right? When they lose, the phone lines light up. The minute you unlock them, when the game's the game ends. Literally, the gun sounds, you know, whatever. They don't shoot the gun off anymore. But the clock's hit zero. All right, your final score, the Vikings 31, Detroit 24. And I would work at WDFN, the all-sports station. We didn't have the, the team, uh, the rights to the games. So what we did was we just ran national programming. And the minute the game ended, we would hit the show open for our post-game show. And we would hit the unlock button on the phones. And we wouldn't even start the show yet. And the phones would light up with callers. Yeah. Couldn't wait to get on to, to bitch and complain when they lost. When they won... You, unlit, you unlock the lines, and you had to sell it. You had to get on first and go, you know, here's the phone number. Here's what we're talking about. Lions win. So pe negative always sells, no matter what. 
the back pages of the New York papers. They always, you know, the Post and the New York and the uh, the Daily News. There's always famous back back page headlines. This morning's I saw was Araldus Chapman of the Yankees threw at this guy on Tampa Bay's head last night. The Rays. Mm-hmm. So they got a little bean brawl going. Oh my God! If you did a back page story about Hey, isn't this great? The Giants like their coach. He's a rookie coach, but they're starting to really like him. That would get about 400, 500 likes and maybe 50 retweets. But the one with Chapman throwing the guy's head, thousands of likes, hundreds of retweets. Yeah. Negative is what always sells. So that is, you know, when, when we're getting these numbers, whether they're inflated, whether they're right, you're right. People like, they love sending that off. They want to be the. The breaking news person, you know, you might have a friend that 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 works and is they're they're a chef, they're a cook at a at a diner. They they can't look at their phone at two in the afternoon. They're they're grinding. They got eggs going. They got hash browns going. They're making burgers. But their friend who works from home now that usually is in the office is texting tweets. Hmm. You know, hey, did you hear about this trade? Hey, did you see this story? Hey, did you see this Trump tweet? He's going after this guy now. And you have that feel. The friend has that feeling of breaking that news story to his buddy. Yeah. But the problem now is that we're sending stuff off that a lot of it is false. Like, <laughs> I had a friend the other day send me something like, did you read this? This is about it was some story about Detroit and how many stores and restaurants and stuff are shut down. And I'm like, it was from this bogus-ass website. I'm like, this isn't real. Why are you sending me this? Oh, I read this. Well, where'd you find it? Facebook. I'm like, I know the guy that owns that owns that restaurant. He hasn't shut it down. They were shut down in March for about a month and a half, but they've reopened again. It was in that story that they had put their name in there that it was one of the restaurants that had to close. No, it closed for a month and a half, but it's now reopened. It was false. Yeah. So anybody, you're right. Anybody now with a blog can hop on and become, you know, uh, there, there's a website here. It's actually pretty good. Deadline Detroit. But you could name it whatever you wanted and put stuff out there, and people are going to buy it. Well, line and sinker. And there's it's the incredible. I, yeah, and the, the irony here is, I mean, I, I see the irony as I'm recording podcasts. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I guess my last point, and I'll let you go. I guess I struggle with this whole idea of freedom of speech. Sometimes I just I think the idea that anybody can. Um, record podcasts, create a blog, and say whatever they want, whether it's false or true, uh, it's it's creating this intersection of, of sorts where everybody's just like running into each other head first. And we keep just piling up on top of each other instead of like somebody just stopping it and saying, hey, let's... Because Facebook isn't interested in providing real news. Even, um, you know, as, as, as much as I've watched CNN, you know... You know Anderson Cooper. He's not Dan Rather. He's not. He's not just reporting the news. He's giving his opinions. They're all just giving their opinions. A lot of it. A lot of it now has turned into you're right opinion TV. Whereas, and, and these these roundtables that they do, it's constant. You yeah. know, like I'll be honest. I I find Don Lemon to be very entertaining on CNN. I think okay. Don when he gets on his rants, it, it's it's pretty good. But you're right. The people that hate him. Are like this is just opinion. What if I had a long day at work and I get home? And so you're on the West Coast, Eddie. So if you get home from work five or six, so that's nine o'clock on the East Coast, and Don comes on at ten, so seven Pacific, and you settle down after dinner, after you're talking to your wife, putting your kids to bed, whatever, and you turn on a news channel for news. You're right. Now it has turned into entertainment. Yeah. Don's got a panel on, and he's entertaining his base and his, uh, you know, people that watch that are mostly going to be. Democrats, you put on Tucker Carlson or whatever, 
and 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 they're showing look at these riots in Portland mm-hmm. and then somebody the next day on Twitter says the video footage that Tucker showed of Portland was actually in Spain in 2012 of some fire that ravaged that's fake so it's like but, but the Republicans eat that up so you're right the straight down the middle 6:30 at night back in the day Peter Jennings Dan Rather news is 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 pretty much gone because now it is about entertainment it is, it is about clicks you know I love the guys you know, the Adrian Wojnarowski, the guy will break every NBA story. Adam Schefter will break every NFL story or Ian Rappaport. Those guys have the agents. Those guys have the general managers uh, on speed dial. Yeah. So what will happen is Wojnarowski will say the Bulls have fired, uh, what was the guy's name? Jim Boylan, their head coach. This was a couple weeks ago. So Woj, you know, Woj bomb. You know, look at Woj on Twitter. He had it first. Then all the guys that cover the Bulls hop on Twitter like two minutes later and go, uh, a source confirms Wojnarowski report. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. You didn't talk to anybody. It's 7 a.m. In, in, in Chicago. You, you didn't call, I don't even know who's running the Bulls anymore, Karnish uh, or the GM or whom. Come on now. But you can put that on Twitter because your bosses are probably saying to you, uh, Wojnarowski, if you work at the Chicago <laughs> Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, wherever, you better confirm that. But who, who's going to go to them and say, I want to know who your source is. Did you actually do the homework and get that yourself? The same thing when Schefter breaks NFL stories and then all the local guys, oh, it's been confirmed. By whom? No, you, you, you almost wanted to make it look like you were on top of it when in reality you were in bed while Schefter had the agent on the phone yeah. giving him the info. So what, where, where's our, you're right, checks and balances, Eddie, where it's like, where are we really sourcing things? Where are we really confirming reports? And, and you, it's interesting. You bring up Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson, and I watch both of them. I watch both of them. These two, uh-huh. these two people, they are geniuses at what they they're do. Entertain, they're no, no, but they're not just entertainers, Matt. I mean, you know, Tucker Carlson's ratings are through the roof, and I'll tell you why. He is a master at communication, and Don Lemon is too. These guys, right. they they are like Barack Obama, maybe even better level at communicating opinions in a way that is, it draws they'll, they'll you. Win you. Right, they'll win you over. Yes. Right. They, so, I, I mean, like. They are, they are master orators. And, you know, I thought Obama had a lot of substance very late in his presidency. Uh, not only is he an excellent speaker, but I thought there was some substance there. You're right. There's some nights you watch Don and you go, <laughs> come on, man. Like, it's just. Is that real? Is that really news? Do you have you really confirmed that? Um, but he sells you on it. And, yeah. And some of the Carlson, some of the Carlson takes that I've seen on on social media that are pretty out, pretty outright racist. But you watch how he delivers it, and you go, hmm, makes you want to think a little oh, bit. Oh God, sure. But but again, it's about ratings and, and and clicks and and keeping the you know, and then the advertisers when he goes to break, and I'm sure I know they both. Both those guys have lost certain advertisers over the past few years. It still comes down to it's a it's a big business, man. It is, and this president gets that he's he's a businessman, and you know some people wanted a businessman in the office. Well, you got him, um, it, it, but but he's he has attention. Look, he's got he's got eighty five million followers on Twitter or whatever it is. So some somebody's listening. Yeah. Um, well, Matt, this was this was great. I really 
You know, you have joined a select group of three people who've been on my show three times, so I appreciate it. But does that include Adam Mesnick? Have you no. had Adam Mesnick on three times? He, he's only been on twice. <laughs> he's uh, uh, he's he's great. He uh, yeah. Your show your show with him. I I texted you that. Your yeah. Show with him. Uh, who was the woman you had on the other day that I watched uh, or I listened to? Um, oh, Sasha. Yeah, she was good. Oh, did you actually listen to that? I did. Yeah, I, did. I, I, I like. I listened to your show, dummy. Come on now. Well, I didn't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm a listener. <laughs> no, I, I like. I like that talk with her. It was good. It was really good. It was. She's yeah. sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks. Don't don't hang up. But well, thanks so much for taking the time to to talk of about course. stuff. Yeah. Of course. I think Anytime. this. I think it's important stuff. So thanks. 